Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Believe in UCLA football podcast. I am your host, James Williams, um, reporter and editor for the Orange County Register. And as always, I am joined here by my co-host, Josh Woods, former UCLA linebacker, um, doing uh, his thing over in the in Canada, getting ready for the season. How are things going? Um, are we getting uh, any closer to, to the season starting up there? When's the first game? Yeah, so we uh, almost done with preseason. I mean, by the time they hear this, it, it might be um, done with preseason. Beginning of the season starts next week, and then 18-game season, so it'll take us almost into about November. So excited, you know. Just glad, you know, camp's over with. <laughs> That's always days. the hardest part, right? Now you can kind of get in a groove. You know, every week you have something to look forward to more or less with the game and and kind of getting to hit someone other than your your guys, right? Yeah, you get back to game planning, getting ready for, you know, a real opponent. Even, even with preseason, mm-hmm. um, it's still camp mode, so you're not really preparing for the team. You're still going against each other mm-hmm. pretty much every day. Um, but, yeah, so moving forward now, serious. Speaking of moving forward, uh, there's there was quite a bit of, of positive stuff that happened over. Well, some positive depends on who you ask. Um, some positive reviews so far from from the fan base in terms of um, what they've been able to do as far as picking up a few commitments um, over the last week. Um, a lot of people are very high on Chip Kelly, which is totally different from the last couple of seasons in regards to the recruiting. I'm seeing people on Twitter call him a twi- um a recruiting guru, an expert, and and everything else, and and they're hitting all these schools, and they're traveling up and down the states and stuff. And in previous years, it's like he won't go anywhere past Arizona. He won't send the coaches past Arizona. They they're trying to, you know, what are they doing? So it's like it's just totally different and interesting, and it's it's pretty cool to see. Um, also, we'll talk about the the scheduling here and some of the TV games that were announced and some of the times that. Uh, some of the fan base is not very happy about. Um, and then Josh, I'll also be picking your brain about it and kind of maybe you can kind of walk me through some of uh, what the what a game day looks like on um, some of these start times, which are are kind of different from I think even what I was used to when it, when I was covering UCLA in the past seasons. Um, a lot of more in the evening. It's going to be a little bit different this season. But as I said, we'll start in with the recruiting um chip kelly and ucla walked into san diego over the past week and kind of secured a a couple commitments out of that san diego area um the first one was a running back he's a three-star running back on um the 24 7 sports site but on their composite site which you know i think includes like the rivals rankings and whoever else he's a four-star um so his name is trey no not trey edwards we'll get to him in a minute this is roderick robinson the second and um, a lot of people were excited about him. He has the opportunity to be that next running back uh, to come out of UCLA and make it to the NFL. That And he's, he, these are the words that he said when he put on that UCLA hat. He had his family behind him when he made that announcement. Um, one of them was wearing like an Alabama jacket. And um, among like his top eight offers, Alabama wasn't one of those schools. But he, you know, there was some other schools that started with an A, Arizona, Auburn. Um, I have him written down here. He had, um, I guess those were the only two. No, we had Texas A&M, uh, Tennessee, Georgia, Oregon, 
and UCLA. So he had some SEC schools. He had some offers, some some different offers, and some some places he can go. But he decides to stay in state, and um, a good pickup for them. He's I <laughs> when I tweeted out that oh UCLA got a um, top rated running back in the state of California or one of the top rated um, recruits in terms of running backs out of the state of California. I had a few people going crazy. Like, no, he is the number one running back in California. Like, let's make it clear. And I'm like, okay, chill. Like it's all right, fine. Like, so um, <laughs> it was just kind of interesting to, to see how they went all crazy about it. And, and we're trying to correct me, but I do that. And, but the reason why I put it that way is because the rankings can change. They can, mm -hmm. they can change in the middle of the season, by the end of the season, you know, he, he may fall to second. Someone may have a breakout year. Um, you know, I think the second top running back, um, I'm blanking on the name at the moment, but he went to, he's going to be at Harupa Hills this year. So an IE guy is second on that list. Maybe he makes a name for himself and jumps up the rank. We don't know. So I just left it at that. But some people would love the fact that they got the top running back in state. Um, you know, we got to see how he does on the field and, and what happens in his senior season before we get to that. Right. But some of the things that attracted him to UCLA, um, he said it wasn't even that much about it being in state. He said that was just kind of a bonus, to be honest, but spoke highly of Chip Kelly. Um, I think on one of the sites he said or one of the sites recruiting sites quoted him as saying, why not be the next great UCLA uh, Chip Kelly running back? Um, obviously, um, along with Deshaun Foster as the running back coach. Um, UCLA has had a running back in each of the last three seasons be drafted with Joshua Kelly, Demetric Felton, and then uh, Britton Brown was the last one uh, just a couple months ago. Um, and then obviously Zach Charbonnet is expected to do big things again this year. And, definitely and, getting and, drafted next year. And definitely getting drafted next year. Could have easily been drafted fairly high day one, day, day one, day two, if he came out in this last draft. Um, so it's almost a lock that we'll get, um, him going and making that number four for UCLA. Um, something else that Robinson said, um, is that we're talking about Deshaun Foster. He said, Deshaun Foster has been in the NFL at his position and has the blueprint of what it takes to get into the NFL. And again, as I just mentioned with the three running backs that have went, um, with Deshaun Foster there, at least since I've been covering the team have all gone on to the NFL. It can only mean good things. I mean, I don't think Robinson comes in right away and will start, but I think with the, with the proper care there under the guidance of Foster, I don't think they can go wrong um, having him there. Um, 6'1", 230 pounds is what he's listed as. I, I mean, is that good size? You tell me. Is that pretty good size? for? I mean, he's only a senior, right? So he can only get bigger. Does there room for him to get bigger? What, what is the Chip Kelly running back? I mean, hopefully like? not. Hopefully, okay, you don't want him any not. bigger than that, right? No, I mean, I, I've watched some highlights and surprise. What I was surprised about is watching his highlights is I'm expecting, um, you know, just a highlight tape of him just running over people and mm -hmm. just, you know, being a power runner. But surprisingly in the highlights, he has breakaway speed. Like he's, he's outrunning kids. He's getting to the second level, making a move and taking it to the house. And that's, that's what UCLA's running backs, you know, are run hard. And then when you get open space, yep take it all the way so mm -hmm. um for the size wise yeah you don't want to run it back getting any bigger i mean he might even what do we know he might lose weight you know mm -hmm. but i think any bigger than 230 might be working his way to fullback you know especially <laughs> yeah. especially in a, right. in a in a spread um mm -hmm. 
you know, in a spread with a tempo that Chip wants to play with. Uh, you got to be able to move quick. So he'd be a nice change up of a power back and we'll see. Um, yeah. What he does. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how he fits in. Um, you know, obviously if they're offering him and he's committed, he's bought in that, you know, they, they expressed a lot of love and interest in him. So obviously they'll find a way to make him work, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's still early on, you know, he's only going to be his senior going to have an opportunity to get in there as a freshman. Maybe, you know, there's, we talked about it with you and, and, and the way things played out for you. There's going to be red shirt years and everything else in between. They'll have a chance to get their hands on them and develop them the way they want to. Yeah. Well, yeah. You show up, it might be one thing, but I mean, your body's mm-hmm. going to start developing yeah. and you're going to start eating and training a certain way that, that you didn't in high school. So you mm-hmm. never know, you know, what comes out. He might end up being a Mike linebacker. You never know. Yeah. But I think getting the nod, of course, from coach Foster, shout mm-hmm. out coach Foster, first of all, um, for him to believe in you as a, as a running back, um, yeah. that, that's, you know, testament of what he believes in you and what you're mm-hmm. capable of. And like, of course, if you're a running back right now, why would you not want to go to UCLA where, you know, you're going to be a premier back. You're going to get opportunity to be coached by somebody that has not only done it where you're, where you'll be at UCLA, mm-hmm. but he did it in the league as well. And he's, um, clearly has the the blueprint and the formula yep. of getting you to the next level. So if you have aspirations of being a good running back and going to the NFL, why would you not go to UCLA? Um, and not only are they, you know, playing one back, but it's been a stables mm-hmm. since chips got there. It's been, it's not, it hasn't just been one running back at a time. It's been multiple guys in the backfield, all getting opportunities to tote the rock and all being successful and- while doing so. Yeah, so it's not mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm splitting time, so it's mm-hmm. going to take away from my draft stock. It's like building off each other. Who has the hot hand, you know? And that's I feel like that's what you want. You want to be in an environment like that where you're not just going to be a backup and not get your chance to play or anything like that. Or even, you know, go to Alabama and have to wait till your third and fourth year right. to run the ball when you can yeah. go to UCLA and, the, you know, Chip's been giving – true freshman opportunities since the day he's stepped in the building. So, um, yeah, that's a, it's, easy. it's, it's easy. Right? If you're already, if you're, yeah, I feel <laughs> yeah. like running back is that's a, that's an easy one of why you would pick UCLA right now. And, and I think, you know, and I mentioned this before, I think on one of our earlier episodes, when we talked about Deshaun Foster, <clears throat> he's due for a raise if he's not already gotten it because he's a, I mean, personally, I think he's the best coach in the building as far as mm-hmm. being, personable to the players of somebody who understands us what it's like to go through i mean you're gonna have you have coaches that are football geniuses Mm -hmm. and they can coach and teach you and everything but they might not have done it and it's just a different um it's a it's a different style of being coached at where it's like i know you know you're talking about but Mm -hmm. getting it from somebody who's done it right it just hits dip when you can watch your coach, like your coach's highlights, your yes. coach can show you his highlights mm-hmm. of this is what I did. This is how it worked at this level and that level. Like I imagine the linebackers now with Ken Norton Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yep. like, I have a, a guy that has done, even when I was, I mean, even, even when I got to UCLA with Scott white, like he, whatever happened, why he didn't get into um, the professional level with injuries mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, you can look him up and the work that he did at UW and 
we like hearing stories from other people about how good he was at UW, like certain things like that, where right. it's like you respect your coach more when they were able to do it and succeed, mm-hmm. no matter yeah. if they got hurt or not. But like, you know right. what I'm saying? It's like, it's different than a coach no. that. Yeah. Kind of, no. <laughs> you know, kind of was just like smart and yeah. like got connected to the right people. And he's, like really he's, knows. Ag- he's X's and O's. Like they can yeah, do X's and O's for days, yes. but it's like, where's the tape? And, and that doesn't mean ev- like everyone has their own area of expertise and bring something to the table. Right. But I think too, to what you're saying, like Deshaun Foster is the complete package. He's like young enough in age to where he's like still relevant and can keep up with, mm-hmm. you know, what's trendy, what's now and can relate to you guys in that regard, but is also not that many years removed from the league. You know, he, like you said, he, he was at UCLA as a player He's been through it. He knows what the culture, the standard and everything is. And it's like, I think that's what you like. And if you're getting the stamp of approval, like, and coach Foster's bought into you as a recruit and is invested in you and, and you hear the player who's announcing his commitment saying that like Deshaun Foster has a blueprint one. I think it shows too on the commit that he knows he has an understanding of like, this is what's going on. This is what I'm walking into. Not that that's putting pressure on him. I mean, maybe there is some pressure, but, um, you know, you've seen guys ahead of you in the position that you're committing to mm-hmm. go on and be successful to the NFL. But also to the point that you said, though, too, that they're sharing the ball and still, you know, one, the biggest thing I worried about with Britain and Charbonnet was like, they have a good thing going on here. And no one's getting hurt. No one's getting yeah. hurt. They're managing to keep them both healthy. Man, I'd hate to see one of them get hurt. And no, they they didn't get hurt because they played it right. I mean, Brenton Brown, I think, got hurt and missed the last two games. Could have came back for the bowl game before it got canceled. Um, yeah. But, he, but they were yeah, smart. Yeah, what healthy. you're saying, the way that Chip rotates guys, mm-hmm. he doesn't pound the guy into the ground. Right. You know, where he puts too much on his plate to where mm-hmm. the kid, you know, gets hurt because you're overplaying him. That's why, like, the way that he rotates guys in and out. Even though, like, O-line, like, I've never seen – until Chip came, I had never, like, really witnessed a full rotating offensive line. A full rotation, yeah. Mm -hmm. Where literally even the center is coming out in some series. Like, I've never seen that. But, like, looking back, it's like he kept everybody healthy, Mm -hmm. which it shows that that method works. And, it, and then back yeah. to what you're saying about like for the for the uh, I think that's one of the most important things for recruits to know mm-hmm. is like do your research. I mean, if you're gonna be a linebacker, okay, look and see, <clears throat> look and see what linebackers are, what your position group yep. has been doing in the past, and how your coach like what is the rotation, mm-hmm. what is the history of the guys in my position, playing time, going to the league, their draft stock, like. Are you going to a school where they haven't produced a linebacker or they haven't exactly. had a top guy in a while? Mm-hmm. Or are you going somewhere where, okay, I'm going to be used this, that, this, this way and that way. The coach has good connections to the league. I know he's going to use me or, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. feel like sometimes kids might get caught up in the, in the glitz and glam of the school and not be mm-hmm. thinking about what's going on when what's going to happen to me when I'm there. And I mean, that's what factored, I feel like, a lot into why I picked UCLA over some of the other, mm-hmm. you know, Pac-12 schools and some other top schools that I had. I saw 
Coach Obrick at the time. I saw the the legacy of the linebackers of mm-hmm. you know, and it's hard um, to ignore, right? Like you just yeah, I'm saying like if you if you can if the track record, like it, yeah. it really you know. Mm-hmm. So let's say it again, Coach Coach Foster clearly understands what it takes and what you need to do. So, and and I think to that point too, like one of the one of the biggest things too about it about this is the way it's always so seamless, right? It was Josh Kelly with some Demetric Felton. Then it, Josh Kelly leaves and it's some Demetric, it's Demetric Felton with some Britton Brown. And then it's like Britton Brown and Charbonnet. And it's like, there's never a drop-off at the running back position because that next guy who, you know, they have their main back, but whoever that secondary back is becomes the main back. And it's like, no problem. There's no, there's no like delay. I mean, and they, they'd find a way to use their guys though. Even, mm-hmm. Even with like Josh Kelly, think about it as a walk on. Mm-hmm. He was, I remember when he was the scout team running back, you know, yeah. and Coach Foster got him to a level to where he was the starting running back. And then same thing with Felt. I remember when Felt was just like a scout receiver. Yep. And then he, you know, developed and then Coach Foster brought him to running back and he just excels. I mean, he played a little bit of running back in high school, but I'm saying yeah. still the, the fact that he trusted Coach Foster because he could have been like, no, mm-hmm. like I'm like I'm a, I'm a receiver. I only see myself playing receiver in the league. I don't want to be back there in the backfield and right. pass pro, <laughs> yeah. take on a blitzing middle linebacker. But he trusted <laughs> right. that process. And then, I mean, Britton Brown as a transfer, you know, mm-hmm. bringing him in. And I mean, Charbonnet was a Charbonnet from the jump. That was a, that was a gift from God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was really a gift was. from God. He him was a little different, but even so, the I mean, we've had back at running backs, Kaz Allen, like such yep. a talent where it's like mm-hmm. he needs to be on the field. Um, Keegan Jones is mm-hmm. another guy that we'll see this year. You know, possibly taking that RB two role. Mm-hmm. We'll see who who they end up putting there. But yeah, I, that's that's probably one of the biggest questions for me. Right? Is like. You kind of almost know they're going to do a two back system, but who the, who that second back is going to be, right? It could be Kaz, it could be Keegan, it could be a mixture of both. I mean, they won't shy away from using them um, in different ways, and you may need both of those guys because Kaz is probably going to be returning some punts or kickoff um, return, and he, you know, they can use him at receiver too, move him out of the backfield, different things. So there's going to be opportunities for for a lot of these guys, and we'll see how it plays out. Um, let's talk about. Um, a guy from a for a position that you're familiar with, uh, Trey Edwards. I mentioned his name earlier. He's a linebacker, four-star linebacker from Chula Vista, modern day Catholic. Um, not the modern day out here in Orange County that we're used to. Um, but yeah. Um, the, so just a quick note: both Robinson's team. He he's at Lincoln High, and um, Trey Edwards and modern day Catholic. Both these schools are going to play against each other on September 9th. And we may see these guys go go up against each other on the field. I'm looking forward Coach, to that. Coach Kelly got to be at that game. What I was thinking, Coach Kelly is probably going to be there. Deshaun Foster, someone. UCLA is going to be there. I might try and pop down to San Diego to see that because I want to see that happen. But, um, yeah, just a little bit more on Edwards. Um, a 6'1 as well, uh, 220 pounds. He's um, listed on 24-7 sports as the 11th um, overall linebacker in the country and the 14th overall player in the state of California. And he, yeah, there, there were some things, some quotes from him on Twitter um, from some of the different outlets he's talked to um, where they said, why is UCLA the best fit for you? And 
or he was explaining why UCLA was the best fit for him. And he said he was able to vibe with the players during some of his visits, I guess. Um, and he said the education, which we've talked about before, right. And why that's, why yeah. that's a big thing at UCLA. But you also kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. He said, being able to play for Ken Norton jr. Um, obviously Ken Norton jr. Comes in as the linebacker coach during the off season was with the Seattle Seahawks as their defensive coordinator, um, held in high regard prior and knows the game of college football was at USC under Pete Carroll for, for some time as well. So again, I, much like with Deshaun Foster and the impact that not only Chip Kelly, but his assistant coaches or his position coaches are having, I think being able to bring a guy like Ken Norton Jr. is what you kind of need to, to start attracting much like Deshaun Foster, some of these guys in. And when you come into that UCLA building and you not only get an understanding of the culture um, again, the same thing that you mentioned and what brought you in and, and, and made UCLA a home for you is seeing some of the linebackers before you. But um, you can look at all the linebackers that are currently in the NFL. You can look at Chris Barnes and everybody else. But but then, you, you know, you not only can look at Ken Norton Jr. on tape, but he's right there in the same room with you. Right. Like he, he's going to be the one coaching you. And I don't think it gets any better than that. Um, did you get a chance to look at um, Trey Edwards at all? Do you have any thoughts on him? Haven't been able to look at the tape mm -hmm. yet, but I mean, the track record of guys that we've gotten from San Diego has yep. been, <laughs> since I've been there, I mean, talents all the way from Scott Questenberry to the Kyle Phillips, we've gotten some yep. really good talent out of mm -hmm. San Diego. Um, and like I said, like as a, as a, a linebacker getting to play for Ken Norton. Yep. Like that's a big time, especially looking at, as, again, like I said, looking at a position group and like what they can do for you and who's ahead of you, the things that you can factor in, like what's the depth looking like is the room, mm -hmm. you know, and and as of right now, other than um, the transfer from Hawaii, I don't think the linebackers have been as established yet. Losing, yeah. losing Jordan last year, losing um, the, the uh, Brandon. Uh, Caho may be injured. Uh, you mentioned yeah. Jordan, Jen Marquise. Uh, there's some other ones that I'm blanking on at the moment. But, yeah, they, they lost some guys. Um, I was actually looking at a preview magazine for UCLA. They, <laughs> it said, and, I mean, it, they're not wrong, two starters back on defense. Um, you know, and, and that, that's just guys you're on the depth chart. I mean, again, there's a rotation there with, like, the secondary guys, and, and there's experience on the team. But, like, two starters yeah. coming back, I think – maybe it said seven on offense but i don't know for sure we'll see how that kind of shakes out but yeah so if you look at devin kirkwood started as a freshman um or played as a freshman maybe got a start or two um this past season as a true freshman um do you think trey edwards i mean again you haven't seen the tape but it, it's not there's a chance that again like you mentioned maybe because of what the depth will look like again next year at that position is chip kelly afraid to start a, a linebacker that young at the, no, at the position. I mean, I mean, I've seen it before. Mm -hmm. I mean, even, even Actually, me, as a true, even, yeah. even me, me as a true freshman, I got time on the field. I think, okay. especially now with the, um, the three game redshirt rule where mm -hmm. you can play a freshman three games. Yep. Chip's going to give pretty much every freshman a tryout um, at some point. Maybe it's on special teams at first. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's some live bullets at Mike linebacker, but um, even, I mean, my last year seeing Carl Jones take some starter reps in between mm -hmm. me and Chris Barnes. But I mean, I know we had a shorter roster at the time, but, but again, like I said, with so many guys leaving, 
is going to have such a big opportunity for guys to take that jump mm -hmm. and establish themselves. And I mean, if you get an opportunity, you got to make the most of it. And you're right about that too. Actually, now that I think about it, um, he did it fairly recently. I think like right after you guys left, he Damian Sellers came in and got some time right away as a true freshman during that pandemic year. We didn't see a whole lot of him last year. Um, but I think that uh, they were able to build a little bit more depth through the transfer portal and whatnot. And you had Jordan Jamar Keith come in and stuff. So we didn't see that much of sellers, but I think he was, he's still able to kind of progress along maybe, um, you know, kind of build up his body a little bit. Don't, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him kind of come around and, and get back in the mix this year. Um, maybe secure a starting spot for himself. If not, he's going to be definitely a guy who's going to be leading that uh, linebacker room um, here in the future. Uh, you know, obviously, as long as he decides to stay around and whatnot, obviously, you never know with the transfer portal. Um, but yeah, them getting Trey Edwards, that that happens the next day after um, Roderick Robinson commits. So you get two guys from the same area um, within a day of each other committing to UCLA. And we kind of I kind of talked, I kind of asked you about it before, but these guys had to have been talking to each other, right? They had to have been saying hey like i'm gonna go to uc yeah me too right like that they had have had a conversation I maybe think. they're on the same seven on seven or something maybe but... they are mm -hmm. yeah so um yeah just interesting to see i think real quick as we get ready to talk about the schedule here the one thing i i'm a little worried about not worried about but you just never know is when it gets down to like Part of me is like, dang, these are early. Like, these are early commits, right? And, like, to mm -hmm. me, that's kind of the thing because I've seen some of this before, and it just was kind of a pain a little bit because you, you're you like, oh, so-and-so commits. You try to type up a little story about them online, and you remember doing it, and then, like, two months later, they decommit, and they go somewhere else. And you're like, what? So it's still early. Not saying that there's any anything out there that says they might go, but I'm just, hey, if these guys are that dialed in and we're ready to commit now and, and be a part of that UCLA family from this early on before their senior year even starts, then then good on them. We'll see how it plays out for them and, and where things go. Um, at the end of the day, it, it's, um, you know, a business in a way. So so we'll yeah, still, they, see how things yeah, shake there's out. There's plenty of time. They also might have committed because they want to jump on it before anybody else yep. committed because it also the commit thing is like amount of spots you know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. a lot of times i know especially for like the quarterback position it's like yeah you want to fill a spot before somebody else can you know commit so it's not it's kind of a competition but you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so you yeah no, know you you want to you want to get locked in uh, with the spot right and then maybe continue that communication with coaches and, and stuff and Heck, you're you're on this early on. You're you're pretty much gonna be a recruiter at this point. You're you're gonna be part of that process and trying to bring in whoever the next uh, group of guys will be. But um, yeah, I think it's definitely a good sign, and things are looking up for for UCLA in in the recruiting world just because they've been able to secure these guys early on. They're both in-state guys, um, but you, just all these different tweets I'm seeing from different high schools having. Um, oh, we had, you know, uh, Ken Arn Jr. stop by, or we had, you know, there's so many, Jerry Neuheisel was like out on the, you know, outside of the state of California traveling, going to schools and stuff. So I think that's um, pretty interesting, pretty neat, uh, a nice change of pace from what we've seen, or at least for me covering UCLA. And I think the fans are very happy about it. Um, we're going to tra transition on here to something some fans are kind of iffy about. I'm kind of interested to get your take on it. Um, I'm just going to read the games that were announced, um, some of the game times that were announced, uh, most of it non-conference, and then I'll, we'll kind of maybe pick through some of these situations real quick, and and I'll kind of mm -hmm. get your thoughts on it. But 
Um, yeah, some of the games that were announced with times, the first three games for UCLA in 2022 are non-conference games. Um, all three of them are at home at the Rose Bowl. Um, Bowling Green will be the season opener. It'll be at the Rose Bowl, like I said, on September 3rd. It's going to be on 1130 in the morning, 1130 a.m. start time. Uh, you're coming back that next week to the Rose Bowl with UCLA versus Alabama State September 10th for a 2 p.m. start. And then you're going to have uh, South Alabama um, the following week after that at the Rose Bowl for an 11 a.m. start. Um, we'll get to some of the other games in a minute, but just hearing these non-conference games and the times, obviously, you know, it's not like they're 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 playing a um, LSU and we saw what a prime time situation that turned out to be last year. Any thoughts on on an 11 o'clock start? Did you have any 11 o'clock starts when you were there? Um, not really at the Rose Bowl. I think if any games mm-hmm. at the Rose Bowl would be around noon or one would be the yeah. earliest. It was the earliest, um, yeah. I think part. the earliest game I played in was we played Memphis in 2017 and we played, we might have played like at like 10 or 11 Memphis time. I remember it, it was like, a, we woke up like <laughs> it was a, it was like a, it was like a, uh, I don't know if it was a game day game, but it was like a prime time, like mm. one of the biggest if games in a, that if in a prime time slot in Memphis, I think Memphis was like solid. That at was, that time, yeah. Right? That was the time where like, yeah, we like, it, I forgot who the, the running whole, back was, but they had somebody. Oh, they had they had a lot of. Guys. Did they have guys? Was, okay. Yeah, yeah that that Memphis team was loaded. I mean, I think like three of the running backs are in the league right now. Oh wow. Through, okay. And yeah, but it was that was the whole five star versus walk on game mm. that they they coined the term. I think um, I remember something about that. But that game was like, I remember we got in there two days before because it was a non conference. Wow. We're still we, we still weren't in school yet, so we could we could mm-hmm. go. That's one of the beauties right. of the quarter system for UCLA for football. You get that. You get the first four, like four the first or so four or five like, games. Yeah, yeah, four or five games of mm-hmm. like you, you kind of feel like you're in the pros because it's only football, no school. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we got out there like on a Thursday, practiced there Friday, and then played Saturday, and like we had had adjust to the time, and then we played early yeah. in the morning. And I remember it was like an early morning team breakfast, team meal, and then like the game we flew back and we still had like the whole day left and we lost so it it sucked but uh well a lot of things i can say about that game but that's (laughs) important right now but i i mean i I like um those early games i mean Mm -hmm. because i feel like the east coast people are gonna watch us yeah because as 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 crazy as pac-12 after dark is and i know pac-12 fans like Mm -hmm. those are those are the games people cut on and you're, you're always going to get something oh, yeah. wild, some type mm-hmm. of, it doesn't crazy, disappoint. Crazy comeback. There's yeah. going to be some type of, some type of crazy every week for the Pac-12. <laughs> yes. But from a brand perspective, mm-hmm. it's big. I feel like that means you still getting recognition because that yeah. means they're putting us on a national stage. We're going to get some primetime games because if it's early for us, that means it's around, you know, it's like noonish already. Well, it's past noon already. That's like, a, it's a two o'clock game for them. 1130 is yeah. You're looking at it. Yeah. On the, on mm-hmm. the East coast, that's prime for, I feel like football. Yeah. Um, for football fans, mm-hmm. uh, on the East coast. So it'll be, it'll, it's cool that all three of those games are early and all three are in California. Yeah. So the team will have to worry about traveling. They mm-hmm. won't have to worry about time changes. But hopefully they don't get too 
um, used to yeah. those morning games because I mean mm-hmm. the Pac-12 is scheduled, then you'll start having your seven o'clock games. This the way the schedule is looking, mm-hmm. it's 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 set up for UCLA to do their thing. I mean, three, come on now, three yeah, conference it, games at home, and none of them are none of the, yeah, right. I, I'm not gonna teams. Yeah. Mm, there you go. Saying, That's like, a good way to say it. <laughs> um, it's set up for UCLA to succeed, and those three ones early make it easy to make a bowl game. But things get a but things get a little tricky though, right? So right after that um South Alabama game on the 17th, they come back on the 24th. For their first road game, they open the conference conference play against Colorado on the road. Um, they didn't announce a time for that yet, but it becomes a short week because right right after that home road game, you come back home for your home opener and conference play. Um, mm-hmm. Any thoughts on is, is that tricky? You're having a road your your first road game. You're coming back. You only have like six days before your next game. Um, is, is I think with it being no? a, a Friday game and a hopefully uh, school starts somewhere around there, so you get some fans. It being mm-hmm. your first Pac-12 opener, I think the boys will be ready to go. I think it'll be a, like good energy, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know what's going on up there. They have they had their issues. They they year. they took a step back last year, but so Washington but, is a team that you can't really count out though. Regardless, oh yeah, of course they're always they gonna always, have guys. They always right? have yeah some type of talent mm-hmm. up there. But yeah, I mean the way. This schedule is laid out. It's, it's prime for UCLA to go mm-hmm. undefeated through the first half of the season. They should. They should. Um, as we kind of wrap things up here, just another game. They actually have a second Friday game, which is kind of uncommon in Pac-12, at least from what I'm familiar with. They're going to have Cal on the road to end the season November 25th. That's going to be a one thirty game on Friday on Fox. Um, any thoughts on just a second Friday game? Did, does that do anything for you guys? Is it just same old? I'll take same a, I'd take a Friday game over a Thursday game. Thursday okay. games really throw your week. Oh yeah, back. but Friday imagine. it's cool because um, it's like you get more off days and like you get mm-hmm. all Saturday That's to true. watch opponents to watch to watch ball. Mm-hmm. You know, so that means you you really don't have to worry about playing. You get to scout everybody out, and then you know. Sunday back in the regular schedule, watch NFL games and start yep. scouting for your next opponent. Good deal. Yeah. I mean, so that that's just so again, those were the TV games announced that were announced. You're gonna have bowling green September 3rd to open the season at 11 30, Alabama State September 10th at 2 p.m. Um, South Alabama September 17th at 11 a.m. Uh, they're gonna hit hit on they're gonna head out on the road uh, for September 24th, um, and then a short break, then back home for Washington to kind of get yeah kind of get conference play really rolling there and then again they'll finish out the season on the road against cal and then we'll see if they're in the conference championship or whatever the case may be um from there but yeah josh thank you so much again for joining me it's been great um yeah thanks again for everybody listening um have a good one and we'll catch you guys in the next episode Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.